You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. I get the privilege today of continuing our series, Did Jesus Really Say That? And we're looking at some of the hard sayings of Jesus through the Bible. You know, some of the things that Jesus says were really hard to comprehend, uh, hard to understand sometimes, and sometimes they speak right to your heart. Would you agree with that? Sometimes they get right to the matter and they don't sugarcoat anything. They really uh, just go after it. Uh, Today, if you're with us, we have notes that are available in your bulletin, but also uh, we have a new app that you can open up and see your uh, sermon notes there. You can also listen to the podcast and things through the week, but today you can join me. Uh, We're going to be looking at two passages today, Matthew 6 uh, and then later Matthew 18, if you would like to uh, look at that. Would you agree that Christianity is a faith of forgiveness? It's a faith that's based around forgiveness. If, if forgiveness doesn't exist in our faith, then our faith ceases to exist. Would you agree? I know that's a little complex. But if it wasn't for Christ's forgiveness for our sins, we wouldn't have the ability to forgive other people. Brian Zand says this, The refusal to forgive is a toxic memory that endlessly pulls the painful past into the present. The toxic memory of the past poisons the present and contaminates the future. How many know that hurting people hurt people? Hurting people hurt people. When people are injured, when people are hurt themselves, they tend to hurt other people. And not necessarily out of uh, their knowledge or their uh, ability to discern that they're doing it, but sometimes it just comes right out that they hurt other people. Why is that? Uh, John Ortberg has a wonderful book out called Healing is a Choice. But I would also argue today that forgiveness is also a choice. How many people today have been offended or hurt by someone in your life? Show of hands. Some of you have never been hurt or offended. That's really impressive. I need to talk with you after service, especially about church folks. (laughs) Love you guys. But healing is a choice, according to John Orberg, and he gives some different principles. But today we're focusing on forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice. And if you turn with me today in your Bibles, we're going to jump right in. Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15. And we're going to discover the hard saying of Jesus. And it's on the screen. It says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others... Their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That is the hard saying of Jesus. And the question today is, did Jesus really say that? Absolutely He did. You may have a different translation, uh, but there's a couple of challenges that we work through when dealing with forgiveness. And the first challenge we work through is this, is that the pain is really deep. Would you agree that some, sometimes you get hurt and offended and the pain runs really deep and it's really hard to get over? I get to share uh, one of my stories a little later about some of my hurt uh, in some of my situations and how we work through that. Uh, the other challenge is we want vengeance. We want repayment for that. Uh, we want to feel justified in our actions because someone hurt us. Uh, maybe it was a mom or a dad or brother, sister, husband, wife co-worker, boss, whatever it may be, the hurt is deep and we want vengeance. And then the third thing is we sometimes allow our feelings to override our obedience. 
Sometimes we allow our feelings and our emotions to override what we know is right, what God has called us to. And that's really the challenge of forgiveness. Now, in your notes, there's uh, four things here that unforgiveness will, if you see that. Unforgiveness will, first thing is, feed bitterness. If you hold on to unforgiveness, it will feed bitterness in your life. Would you agree with that? Have you noticed that if you hold on to things and hold on to things, and you don't deal with them, you don't go to the person and, and ask for forgiveness, or they ask for forgiveness, you don't work it out, it feeds that bitterness inside of you. It hardens your heart. It will also wreck relationships. I've seen so many good relationships gone bad because of unforgiveness, unresolved issues in marriages, in children, in spouse, uh, families, in coworkers, in, in churches, actually. You know, a lot of times we think that we might be offended by something that somebody didn't mean, and we have to go and, and kind of apologize. Unforgiveness can also hinder prayer, as you see the Bible verse there. It will hinder prayer. You know, if you go to your, your prayer closet and you've got some, some you know, bitterness and some anger and some unforgiveness, I've noticed that it's really hard to get in the right mode until you, you know, get that right. And so it's, according to God's word, it hinders prayer. And then it also forfeits God's mercy. So unforgiveness is something that we want to deal with because it was a hard saying of Jesus. Jesus said it, so it must be important. Because in every offense against you, you have a decision to make, no matter how big or how small the offense is, right? Uh, yesterday I was on the phone with somebody, and I thought we were done the conversation, and apparently they were still talking when I hit the end button because I heard it. So I had to call them back and say, oops, I hope I didn't cut you off. Sorry about that. Because I don't want to make, I want to make sure that they didn't think I was being rude to them, right? Especially if it was an intense conversation. You know, you know, we need to work on this at your job, you know, and then click. You want to make sure that you, you, you have a decision to make and you've got to make the right one. Jesus taught his disciples in stories, though. And in this particular instance, when dealing with forgiveness, we have a wonderful example of stories, uh, a story to look at. I like stories because they're cool. Uh, they're exciting. They can be adventurous. Sometimes stories can be sad or disappointing or just have a wide variety and range of emotions. Do you like stories like that? I like stories that tell a good line, that gives a good plot. It, it makes it really interesting to listen to. And so today we're going to look at two stories. The first story comes from a man who is in a car accident. And the second story is going to come from Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 25. If you'll take a look at this video real quick, that'll be the first story. Chris Williams, C-H-R-I-S, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. On February 9th, 2007, my family was hit by a drunk teenage driver and killed in that accident was my wife, Michelle, who was expecting our fifth child, and then my second oldest son, Benjamin, and my only daughter, Anna. Friday night, like any other in our family, it was full of fun. We'd gone out to dinner as a family, and my oldest son was off with friends. I saw a pair of headlights coming at me at incredibly fast rate of speed, so as I tried to do some maneuvers to get out of the way, it was, it was too late. We were hit 
broadside or T-bone. As I surveyed the scene um, and saw my wife, I saw her chest go down and her last breath uh, leave her body, and I wanted to cry out for her to come back. Now, the next sound I heard was of me wailing and grieving the fact that they were gone. It was near to an out-of-body experience as I could have, listening and realizing that I was the one making that sound. I've never felt so uh, vulnerable in my life. I've never been, felt so crushed um, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. If you have a teenager out past midnight, you don't like to receive a call. I got up and took the phone, and on the other end of the line, a man identified himself as uh, being from the Salt Lake City Police Department. Told us that he had our son Cameron told us that Cameron was intoxicated, that uh, he'd been in an accident, but he was okay. And he told us as a result of the accident that three people had been killed. We found out that uh, Sam was the child who had survived. So we went up to the university hospital where Chris's family uh, were there. Even at that moment, you know, we're all, we're all blubbering and crying. And Chris is laying on the, uh, the gurney in a neck brace. And one of the first things he asks is, how was the young man who was driving the other car? You know, for the first few months after the accident, I felt, I think it was just the initial shock that such a huge part of my life was now gone. And that's a very difficult thing to go through, to kneel down and desire to speak to my Father in Heaven when I'm so lonely or when I'm so anguished. It's an interesting conversation to have. You know, he doesn't immediately um, try and make it better. He listens to me first. And I thought that was very helpful. He allowed me to get that anger off my chest. But inevitably, he would always come back and teach me about his son. Jesus Christ. So a powerful story so far, and we're going to pick that up in just a little while. A man who was in a car accident lost his family. He's got some, uh, obviously, some forgiveness uh, issues to go through. But I want to focus our attention right now to Matthew chapter 18, verses 22, uh, 23 to 35. And this story also really illustrates uh, Jesus speaking, uh, how powerful it is for forgiveness. I'll pick up reading. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had should be sold to repay the debt. Imagine that. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison 
until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called his servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And Jesus says, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is a hard story to reflect on, but Jesus is, is, is showing us the importance of forgiveness. He's showing us the importance of making it right. And there's three responses today in your notes that we can have when we, and we can choose when it comes to forgiveness. The first is, will you require payment? Will you require payment? Just like the story of the master and the servant. Will you require payment? Second, will you demand punishment? Or third, will you give pardon? Will you give pardon? Will you give forgiveness? Will you give life? And so those are the really hard things that we think about when it comes to forgiveness. To forgive is to give mercy instead of judgment. To give kindness instead of retaliation. And to give pardon instead of punishment. But the big question today, I think we need to ask ourselves and answer through this story, is this. How do we forgive people when the injustice to us is great and the pain runs so deep? How do we forgive when the injustice that has been done to us is so great and the pain runs deep? The first thing today that we can do is remember the mercy and the grace of God that you have received. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says this, Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions or sins. It is by grace you have been saved. The first thing we need to do when dealing with relationships, when dealing with forgiveness, is remember that we were forgiven a whole lot more than we could ever forgive someone else in our life. All of our sins were paid for on the cross. And God, in rich and mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead with sins. We aren't just forgiven. We're forgiven so that we can forgive others. Would you agree? We aren't just forgiven much so that we can just hold on to that forgiveness and keep it inside. We're forgiven so that we can go into all the world and forgive others. And show the grace and show the mercy of Jesus. And I think you really can't appreciate or give others full forgiveness until you really embrace the totality of your own forgiveness. The, the ma magnitude of the forgiveness of your sins that Jesus paid for on the cross is innumerable to any offense. And so when we look at that and we remember the grace and the mercy of Jesus, it puts it in perspective it's not going to be easy, but it makes it easier to forgive others when we look through that lens. There's a quote in your notes from Victor uh, Kugelin, or it may not be there, but it should be on the screen. It says this, We have an unholy propensity for desiring mercy when we have harmed others, but being stingy in offering it to those who harm us. 
And just like the story of the master and the servant, after the servant had been forgiven, he went and tried to have this guy uh, you know, pay him back just a small portion of what he owed. And it said a hundred silver coins compared to all the gold the other man owed. So when we remember the mercy and the grace that God has given us, we can forgive others. So not only today do we have to remember those uh, things, the mercy and grace of God that we've received, but number two today is this. We have to choose to let it go. So remembering God's forgiveness for us and then moving into a place of letting the offense go. Because you have a choice when it comes to offenses that people do to you. You can let them know or you can let it go, right? You can let them know that it offended you or you can let it go and offer forgiveness. Jesus actually said on the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those who give mercy because they're going to receive mercy. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is saying that to us. And in Colossians it says this, Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So forgiveness is not always a, a feeling, right? It's not a feeling that we have. It's an, an act of obedience. Because God instructs us, Jesus instructs us, and the Holy Spirit guides us in a path of forgiveness for others. Because you can end a huge lifestyle of bitterness and rage and anger and all those things if you learn to leave justice in the hands of God. And how many know today that that's a harder thing to do than it is to say? It's easy to take things in our own hands, right? Even our futures. It's easy to take those things in our own hands. But we have to let some things go or we can't move on. Several years ago, I went through a transition from a job. And I really didn't feel like at all, my wife would agree, and I still don't, that we were done right. That things were not given to me in the right way. That things were not done in a proper fashion. And so it really, really made me angry. Hurt my heart, first and foremost, because it was people that I thought knew Jesus. You know, those people that you really put some faith and trust in for a lot of years, and then it's just not the case. So I was in that job transition, and after that had happened, and probably a year later even, maybe two, I can't remember, I saw this gentleman at a, at a conference and I was walking by in the hallway, and he, uh, he was actually, I can remember it like it was yesterday. He was talking on his cell phone. He was dressed nice. And he stuck out his hand to shake my hand. <laughs> and I walked right by him. And I did not reach my hand out at all. I was mad. Um, and that was two years later. So I can tell you from experience, when you hold on to something, it affects you, right? Because since that day, I've always said, if that happened again, I would probably act a little different. Because now it's been 10 years down the road. And so now I've, had, I've had made the decision to let it go, right? But sometimes, that's hard to do. And so in that situation, I ended up hurting myself. I didn't end up probably hurting him. He probably, he probably didn't care, to be quite honest. But I was the one who suffered because now I wish I could have done things different. There might have been a situation in your life that you can remember that that might have happened to you. 
Maybe someone made an offense to you or offended you and, and you might not have responded in the right way. It ends up hurting you more than the other person and we need to learn to let it go, right? Because it holds us captive. Uh, there's all kinds of, of books and things about releasing yourself from the captivity of negativity, right? All kinds of different things uh, to think about. But when we hold on to bitterness, when we hold on to those feelings of unforgiveness, it really impacts our life. I've heard of families doing this for 10, 15, 20, 25 years where a father and son doesn't, don't communicate to each other. They don't talk. And then you hear this great story of restoration and how they, they come and talk, but they've lost all the time. Don't let time go by and let it go. And third point today is this. Remind yourself that you did let it go. Because just in my story, I thought I'd forgiven them. I thought I'd let it go. But when I actually saw him face to face, I realized I really hadn't let it go. Right? So I have to constantly remind myself that I let it go. Because maybe you've heard this. Satan is called the accuser in Revelation 12 of the brethren. Right? He's the accuser. He's the one who brings stuff up. His job is to bring past hurt and bring past uh, relationships and all these things to your mind that you've been hurt at to bring your life down. And if we recognize from John chapter 10, verse 10, the devil comes only to do three things. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He comes to take away our life. And part of how he does that is accusing us and accusing us and reminding us of things that we might have let go, but he can bring them back. So here's what we have to do. We have to continually focus on God's Word and His promises because the promises of God are true. Do you believe that? We have to spread the gospel of Christ and then remind ourselves that we put our trust in Jesus Christ. Remind ourselves that we let it go and put our trust in Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 18, right before we read this huge passage, right before I'm coming back to that passage, Matthew 18, 21 says this, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Now when Jesus said this, do you really think he meant 77 literal times? No, I think there was a part of that that is exactly embedded in this point. He's saying to us that we're going to have to continually remind ourselves that we are to forgive them and let it go innumerable times. So every time he says forgive them 77 times, guess what? We've got to forgive and forgive and remind ourselves that we've forgiven because it can come back and we, our brain can recall that hurt in our lives. Let's take a look at the second half of this video. When I did feel anger or there was just a deep sense of loneliness, I didn't direct that at the person that had caused this. It directed itself at the Savior. As I looked out the driver's window and saw the overturned car that had hit us and struck us. You know, I, in my heart I didn't know and in my mind I didn't understand or comprehend still how it had happened um, or who had done it to us or, or what the circumstances were. The only thing I remember feeling and sensing is that I needed to let this go. About a year ago, Chris and, and Cameron met for the first time and talked. The first time that I met him, 
I was in a room and he walked in and he had a big smile on his face. And I had no smile because I, I'm facing the man you know, that I had done this to. He came and he gave me a handshake. He was completely willing to talk about what had happened that night, how he felt about it. Chris was able to say things that Cameron needed to hear. And he didn't mince words. He let him know how he was feeling, what it meant. He wants me to let go of what had happened. He wants me to pick a date and forget what had happened, just move on from what had happened completely. There's no way to explain it. It's, it's, it's an overwhelming feeling of, of thankfulness, of gratefulness, of strength to, to see him and, and to see how he's acted in this situation. After we went to the funeral, one of our neighbors that was at the funeral came up to us and said, have you read the article about Chris? And it was his article about forgiveness. My feeling was is that I was just completely overcome with, it was like being washed out, the despair was being washed out from my soul. And knowing that somebody like that could so freely forgive, just it was freeing to me to know that he could respond in that fashion. The thought and sentiment I expressed as I sat down with Cameron was simply this, that if through the forgiveness or through anything else he had seen or heard about me doing after the accident, that he should know it was merely the Savior working through me. I had merely put myself in a situation to be a vessel through which the spirit, through which his example, through which his knowledge, his intelligence, his brilliance could shine. That's really all I had to do, was to not get in the way of that. I wanted him to understand that I really didn't have much to do <laughs> with any of the goodness that has come out of that. It's become more significant to me, the fact that he had forgiven me. And I know that's because he knows and he has a, a testimony and a relationship with Jesus Christ. So what a story of forgiveness and impact that the hurt turned into. Because one of the things that's so important is instead of a response that's reciprocal, instead of a response that you would expect, Jesus calls us, to radical forgiveness. Instead of a response that people expect and people know that they deserve, Jesus calls us to forgiveness above and beyond that. The world says, get yours. The world says, get revenge. Take back what somebody took from you. And Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Forgive, show love, show mercy, and show grace. So right now even, in our own lives, I just would like for us to just pause and reflect for just a moment and think in your own heart and life, is there someone, is there something that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today about the issue of forgiveness? Is there something today that when Jesus calls us to radical forgiveness and we see this very hard saying of Jesus and we ask ourselves, did he really say that? Absolutely, he did, and, and it's easier said than done. Maybe think of anyone in your life that might need forgiveness. What is a way that you can deal with that and move forward? Because just as the first point 
said, we have to remember the mercy and grace of God that we have received. And first and foremost, we have to remember that God so loved us that He gave His only Son so that we wouldn't have destruction, we wouldn't perish, but we could have what? Eternal life. Let's stand and pray together this morning. Today, uh, a few members of our pastor staff and and prayer partners will be at the front. If you have a need that you would like to come and and be prayed for about the issue of forgiveness, we'll be glad to pray with you. Uh, You simply come up and we'll be glad to pray with you. But let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to help us deal with these things. So Holy Spirit, Father and the Son, I ask that you would just touch our hearts, Lord. Tug at our hearts and show us things that only you can show, God. Show us hurt and unforgiveness issues that we have in our own heart, God. Even in my heart now, God, show me where areas I need to focus attention. And I need to follow the words of Jesus and forgive these people that hurt me so bad. So God, right now, Holy Spirit, move and show us things in our own heart. And then, Father, next, Lord, just let us take these things to the altar. And lay them at your feet. For the Bible says to cast every care on Him. For He cares for us. And God, so today I'm thankful that you care about every need, whether big or small in our life. God, you have already taken this from our heart and have moved us to a place where we can forgive others. And so God, even right now, Lord, as we're praying and we're thinking, we're searching. God, move us. Move our attitudes. God, move our our thoughts in our heart, and our soul, our mind, God, to a different place where we can forgive those who have hurt us, God. And Lord, help us to forgive. Not like the servant in the story who went back to the smaller forgiveness and didn't forgive them. God, that we would free, freely forgive others. In Jesus' name, freely forgive those who have hurt us. And so God, today, even when the injustice to us is great and the pain runs deep, God, give us the strength and the courage to forgive others and to follow this hard saying of Jesus to forgive 77 times, to forgive innumerable times when they don't deserve it. And God, the main point today is this. Help us to remember that it's first that you forgave us before we can ever extend forgiveness to others. We have to realize the forgiveness that we've been given on the cross of Jesus Christ. And today, if you don't know about the cross and forgiveness that you have freely available to you, we would love the privilege of speaking with you today about the cross of Jesus and the blood He shed for you. So, Father, go with us, guide us, direct us, keep us safe. And, Lord, keep us in a mind of forgiveness this week as we forgive others as you forgave us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.